All right, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Fitness podcast. I am here with MDV, Matt De La Valle of NC Fit. Thank you again for taking the time. Heck yeah. Always, always a pleasure, my man. Well, we are here and, you know, Matt and I, we spent a lot of time discussing how can we support gym owners? How can we support coaches, our own team and externally? Mm-hmm. Because if we could kind of hold ourselves accountable to to making sure that whatever we're sharing with others, we're doing to the best of our ability, that's only going to raise our bar up. And one of the topics we were talking about today is the NC Fit experience and what that means for a member who walks in the door to the moment they leave. And I want to, you know, a while ago, almost a year ago, we put out a a conversation about adding 60 minutes of value. Yeah. But I think this is even deeper now. Now that we've grown and developed, you've came up with the whole system. And so can you take us through kind of what that flow looks like and then what type of um, uh, key words are we using for our team to be thinking about that? For sure. Yeah, when we had that conversation about adding 60 minutes of value, we really focused on from the start to finish of your class. And that uh, that's going to be a big part of the conversation that we talk about today, obviously. We're going to be talking about how do you add value, start to finish your class. But honestly, the experience of the member starts the second that they walk through your door and then the, it ends the second that they leave. And there's a lot of time and a lot of value that you can be providing to that person. And you can make or break experiences off of the floor as much as you can make them on the floor. And, and we've seen that. Obviously, we've seen it in our own business. We've seen it in other people's business. You see members you know, send you emails praising because the coach said hello to them when they walked into the gym. Yep. And then you see you get emails when you say, hey, I didn't feel like I got enough attention today or you know, nobody said hello to me when I came into the gym. And what we want to talk through today is what is the NC Fit experience? Why have we defined it that way? And then what might our listeners and, and the people following the NC Fit Collective and gym owners out there, what might they add to their business to add more value? Yeah, hundred percent. So at our gyms, um, we have a front desk, yes. which, which we believe is a is a really valuable tool. Mm-hmm. And you know, for a lot of years, we didn't have it at our gyms. But once we started implementing it, we found that they more than pay for themselves. Primarily because we've seen it before, and I know you guys have probably seen it, where the coach is on the floor coaching. Someone walks in the door. You run over, kind of give them a quick handshake, high five, and yeah. you go back to your class. And what the challenge with that is, is now they're not getting a good experience and your class isn't getting a good experience because you're leaving your class and then you're not providing them the information they necessarily need. And so by having a front desk there, it's a nice way to answer the phones, yeah. answer the emails and connect with any members that are coming in for even the next class, right? Yeah, for sure. It's a great starting point. It's a fantastic starting point. And you know, having multiple people uh, on the floor in your gym who work for the business is really important, not only from being able to greet new members and to be able to handle the things behind the front desk, like signing waivers and checking people out and selling them a t-shirt and all that kind of good stuff, but also from uh, like a safety and risk perspective too. Like if something goes down in the gym and you need to, to have you know one person control the group and then you have to stay with whatever happened, you now have that flexibility and you now have the ability to handle the situation properly. So you know if you are flexible enough to have multiple people in your gym, multiple employees at, at one time, you know we highly recommend that. The front desk is a fantastic way to start off because the very first interaction that you can have with these people as they're coming into the gym, obviously, is as soon as they cross the threshold, they need to be greeted. They need to be greeted with a smile, and in my opinion, they need to be greeted with a high five. And that's the best way that you can start off somebody's experience to make sure that it's going to be great from the moment they walk through the door. Hey, Jason, what's up? Good to see you. High five. Yeah, and, and, and really, f- f- for me, it, it really happens within the first, what, 
15 seconds. When you walk into a premier location, let's just say it's some really fancy shopping place, whatever it is, traditionally, you should be greeted in some way, shape, or form within this first short period of time. Yeah. And if you're not, it starts to put like kind of like a sour taste in your mouth. Like when I walk into a restaurant and no one's there to greet me, that's weird. Yeah. Right? And, and then if I sit down and no one even comes up to my table, that's weird too. Yeah, for sure. And you get start getting frustrated. You wonder where everybody's at. Yeah. At the quicker that you can make that first connection with somebody as when they walk through the door, the better. And if you are not somebody who's in a position to have multiple people there, if you're the sole owner, the sole coach, figuring out how you can create that process for your members where they have an area that they go when they walk on in, where they know that that's the first thing that they do, whether or not they have a kiosk that they can, you know, click check their, in, uh, yeah, yeah, check in and then go put their stuff down. And that becomes part of the process and you've explained that to them and that's the set expectation. That's what's really important is that they know what to do. So they're not just a fish out of water when they're walking through the door. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, but guys, from a business perspective, if you've been debating about doing a front desk, you don't need to go all crazy. What you can do is just set up like a, basically a mini kiosk, start off at your peak times and start there. Yeah. And you'd be amazed at, from a customer experience perspective, what this does, because it allows the coach to coach and it allows this other person to kind of be the initial greeter. And then we move on to the next step. So for the NC fit experience, what we're thinking about, what other gym owners should be thinking about, someone walks in the door, right? front desk is there to greet them. Mm -hmm. And then basically there's a handoff process. So how does, how does this whole thing work? Yeah. So it depends on whether or not you're a new member or an experienced member. If you're a new member, the front desk staff will take you through the entire registration process. They'll show you around the gym. They'll show you where the restrooms are. They'll show you where you can put your stuff down, where you can fill up your water at the water bubbler, all that kind of good stuff. If you're an experienced member, the front desk will check you in and then tell you who's coaching the next class and then allow you to go and put your stuff down or rest in the lounge. So for us, it's really important that no matter who's walking through the door, no matter if you're experienced or you're a beginner or it's the first time or whatever, that you're greeted with a smile and a high five and that you at least know that that front desk person is there to answer any questions that you might have. And then you know when you look on the floor, you know who your coach is going to be. So if assuming if someone doesn't have a front desk, yeah. so we believe the, the front desk is going to be the first basically... First touch point. I'd say 95% of the time is going to be the first touch point, yep. right? Uh, if you cannot quote, you don't believe you can afford a front desk yet, what would be the alternative there? Well, the alternative is any sort of check-in system, any sort of ritual that when the person walks through the door, they have to do to ensure, to to give you the information that they're there. Yeah. That's important too, right? You want to know who's in your classes and whether that's you have a an old school, um, you know, just uh, flyer where you have them write down their name and what class they're taking, or you have a check-in system. Um but also, I think it's really important, like we said before, that they know the expectation that you explain to your members, you know, maybe during the intro of your classes, you talk to them about, hey, guys, when you come on in, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to check on in, then I want you to put down your stuff, and then you're going to go over to the mobility area, and you're going to start rolling out while we finish up the next class. And that's always how I want you to come into the gym every single day. And now your members know the deal. So I think that that's really important too. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really, really good point uh, where it creates this sense of consistency yes. and flow. Instead of just having like one member over here, one member over here, yeah. one member. Yeah, totally get it. And so members are congregating in the mobility area or they're talking to the front desk or whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then they transition. So yes. now it's, it's uh, you know, 7 a.m. class, yep. boom. You know, 6.59, 7 minutes hit or 7 o'clock hits. What are our coaches thinking about? What does that yeah. flow look like? So uh, I, I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, the, the class should probably start within one or two minutes of the hour. And the reason it's one or two minutes, some gyms say, oh, you when know, the class starts. Yeah. Yep. If it's on the half hour, whatever. Yeah. yeah. 
one or two minutes before, like when the class is supposed to start. Yeah. Um, you know, some, some gyms say that, hey, you know, we want it to start exactly on the hour. Some gyms say we start at five minutes after or whenever. For me, a couple of minutes after, because what I want to happen is I want to see those two groups of people interact with one another. I want to see the class prior give high fives to the class that's coming on in, allow them some time to like get a little bit of an interaction, allow any last minute stragglers to come through the door and not feel like they're always late. Yeah. And then we call everybody over to the whiteboard. So within two or three minutes, we're calling everybody over to the whiteboard and we're having that initial greeting from the coach to the class. Um, I think that's really important. And, you know, if you're going to have any more extended time than that, you really must address why there's that extended time. There's might be some special circumstances. Hey, you might have blown your timeline. You might have um, some sort of special workout going on. You might have uh, an extenuating circumstance that you had to take care of, whether or not you have to go run and use the bathroom or you have to do X, Y, or Z. But you have to always make the people who are waiting aware of why there's this delay. Hey guys, it's going to be a couple of minutes here. We're just going to wait until these athletes finish up the last workout, the last few reps of this workout. Hold tight, and then I'll call you on over. Right. And giving them that awareness is 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 paramount. It's really important. But you can't make that the norm. Right. Right. <laughs> That's got to be the exception to the rule. That's right. Not nine times out of ten. I'd even say uh, more than that. Yeah. Nine point nine nine yeah, nine yeah, yeah, yeah. times out of ten. You got to be starting class on time. I told one of our most experienced coaches the other day in a meeting. I sat her down. I, she's having trouble with her timelines. And she is so damn good. She's one of the best trainers that we have. She's one of the best trainers I've ever seen. I told her if she's two minutes over on her classes, it's a complete loss. It's a complete wash for her. She's got to be so on time and dialed in that it, the timeline should be the last thing she's worrying about. And as you get more experience, as you become a better coach, you're going to find that ending classes on time is absolutely, absolutely essential. Well, and that's for a number of reasons. And I think what you're talking about is as these members are coming in, they have an expectation. For I'm sure. I'm going to work out from 7 to 8 a.m. That's my expectation. Yeah. And so if you blow your timeline and we start at 7, 10, well, what happens to me? Do I then, you know, am I sitting around for 10 minutes? Yeah. I, mean, I came for a workout from 7 to 8. Are you now going to blow the next time? And so then it starts to also becoming a thing where, hey, are you now infringing on the next coach's class? Oh, for sure. And it becomes this big thing. But, but I mean, I think timeline, I think we've discussed it in the past that obviously it's, it's absolutely critical. I think within two minutes of the class start time, hey, we, hey guys, come on Get into the board. Whiteboard. So now the whiteboard becomes like this, this communal location. Yeah, congregating area. And I think there's, there's two ways you can go about it. One way is that, or two ways that this gets blown. Sometimes people go way too long on their intros <laughs> and sometimes they don't do anything at all. Yeah. Right. For so, sure. All the right, extremes. everybody. 7 a.m. Come on in. All right. You know, uh, hey, this is your warm up. I put it on the board. All right. Let's go do it. Ready? Go. Right. That's like, that's like not okay. Yeah. <laughs> then you have the other person. He's like, hey, guys, I hope everybody's having a great day. Uh, question of the day Jason's uh, comedy hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Question of the day. Um, if you had to pick a favorite restaurant, but not just one, but what are your top <laughs> five favorite restaurants in the Bay Area? You know, and, and you ask a question that's just so long winded yeah. that for everybody in your class to answer, it takes you literally, you're, you're looking at the clock, right? Yeah, for sure. So, how do you do that successfully? Because I, I, yeah, it's a touchy <laughs> subject. It is. It certainly is a touchy subject. Um, I'm laughing about this because you, when you see those extremes happen, you're like, Oof, you know, something went wrong. Right. And the intro is so damn important because it sets the tone for the rest of the class. Yeah. If you have a great intro, 
you can recover from some other uh, snafus that you might have later on. If you bomb your intro, there's almost uh, no way of coming back. It's really hard to come back it, after it, you bomb. It is. Like looking at it, like uh, for example, you're getting on a flight and your flight's hella deep. <laughs> you get the best stewardess flight attendant in the yeah. world, but you're still pissed yeah, because, you're, for sure. because your flight got delayed. For sure. Um, so like, like you said, you have to be somewhere in the middle, but you also have to the awareness of the size of the group in front of you, what time of day it is, who are the athletes in front of you. All, there's a whole bunch of factors that you have to be aware of with how long, how short your intro is. Obviously, it also depends on the material that you have to cover and everything that you got to do in the class. Um, and you have to make that determination before you step on the floor. You should know and you should have rehearsed your intro and how it's going to go down, down to what question you want to ask if you're going to ask a question. Because, you know, I, I think that those are good uh, community building and bonding experiences, but there are certainly days when you shouldn't do that. Right. And there are certainly days when you shouldn't ask a long-winded question. But bar none, 100% of the time, there's information that you need to get across during the intro. And, you know, paramount for me is, number one, I, I need to know everybody's names and who's in front of me. And whether or not that's I check with the front desk person or I'm writing the names on the board as people are coming in or I ask names very quickly as we're going through the intro – I need to have names because, yeah, or you already know them all as an example. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But because you got to use them during the class, that's the best way to make somebody feel important is use their name. Number two, you must ask at the beginning of every class. This is an absolute essential. If you're not doing this, you have to start doing this tomorrow. The next class you coach, you must ask every single time, are there any injuries or conditions I need to be aware of before we get into today's work? And they don't have to tell you right then and there, just have them give you the high sign during the warm up, and you can come on over and talk to them. But you are putting yourself and the members at risk if you don't know what they have going on. So make sure that that is something that all of your coaches always ask about. You know, after that, you have to make this determination of how you want to get into the material and how you want to explain the flow of the day. And you can play with some things like, hey, I've got time today to be able to do a question of the day or to do some sort of um, interactive game with the members or something like that. But, you know, you have to very quickly get to the meat and potatoes. Talk really quickly about what you're going to do for your strength or your skill session. Talk really quickly through what's going to be seen during the workout, where you're going to focus, and what is the intended stimulus of the workout. Yeah. You know, because people look at these things and they go, well, what the hell am I going to do, you know? Right. So you don't have to go through every aspect, every little intricacy, but overall, give them a feel of how the day is going to flow, what you're looking for is a major focus. Hey, if you don't have, if a muscle-up shows up, a lot of people are sitting there going, well, I can't do a muscle-up, so what am I going to do today? A great scale day for the muscle-up, guys, is going to be the burpee pull-up. We're not going to get on the rings if you don't have muscle-ups today because it's not enough reps to really get the stimulus of it. However you want to explain it, you give them that blueprint of the day, and then after that, you start getting into your warm-up. So if you had to call it out, and I think, by the way, I've taken quite a few of Matt's classes, and I think you're really good about the names and the injuries far better than I am, and I think... Back in the day when I was coaching, I used to know everybody's names. Yeah. When you start off with you know 100 members, 200, whatever. But as you your business expands, it becomes more and more yeah. challenging. And I, f I found myself not being as diligent about finding names because I would just kind of be in this, this thing where I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to remember it anyways because I'm kind of in and out. But it makes a big difference. It makes a huge when difference. When you're coaching the deadlift and you're like, hey, man, like, hey, man, raise your butt up or whatever. Like, you don't think they know that you don't know their name? Oh, they know. Oh, they know. Yeah, for sure they like, know. Hey, bro. How you doing, bro? Yeah. Like, It's like, no, no, no. Hey, John, do me a favor. Go ahead and raise your hips up just like an inch or two or whatever it is. And I think that goes such a long way. So I think to your point, 
doesn't matter how you figure out the names, find a way to figure it out. Yep. Right. For sure. And um, so for an intro ballpark, okay. Class starts at seven Oh two. You are on the floor on ready a, to go by on an average, I'd say five, five minutes, minutes at yeah. the whiteboard. And if you're over five minutes, you better have a good reason and you better be using that time wisely. And it better not be infringing on the other important stuff that you have to do that day. Like if I look at the whiteboard and you've got a muscle up, a squat snatch, you got, uh, you know, some sort of heavy dumbbell or kettlebell thing and you're going long on your intro 12, 15 minutes into your class, man, we're going to have a talk after because you got all this other shit that you got to cover. Yeah. And I think what's really important to know, especially in the Bay Area where we're at, is that people are aware of their time. And if they feel like their time is not being best spent, they will get a little bit resentful. And sometimes their time is best spent going a little bit longer at the, at the whiteboard. Yeah. You know, talking about, uh, you know, your favorite donut flavor from a place next door or something like that, whatever. Yeah. But, but sometimes it's just ridiculous and it just goes on. If you have a class of 30 people and you're asking them a more in-depth question, you already made yourself. Because once you start, it's hard to stop. Yeah. So before you even get into the class, just avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you, people come into the class, boom, bam, bam, front desk, coaches are there. What type of things are we telling our coaches, are we thinking about that they're prepping? So before they get into class, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but we're putting out in-depth session plans with yes. intro, timeline, warm-up, all these different things. Yes. But I want to talk about the the key things that you actually want to put like on postcards in our gyms, which are like oh, the terms. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, kind of we started this conversation talking about the overall experience, right? And we have really high standards when it comes to the expectations that we have on the floor for our coaches. And, and we've got a lot of different tools and resources, and we have a lot of different quote unquote rules that we want to follow and different ways to approach certain movements or certain workouts and, you know, everything from, you know, how you look in your uniform uh, and how you prepare for your class all the way down to, you know, how you close the gym at night, right? There's a ton of rules. And what I wanted to do and what, what we're going to do is, is we want to boil it down a little bit more simply to make it really memorable and understandable. What do we want the experience to be, right? And there's going to be much finer detail in the manual and the rules and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, four things really stand out for me when I think about experience. And we talked about it when we were talking about walking into the gym. Number one is you got to be greeted with smiles and high fives. It's a big deal for me. You have to be greeted and the member needs to be known. Number two is that you always want to be engaging as a trainer. And that means a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. It means you're engaging during your introduction, that you're into it, that you're at the whiteboard talking to the members. And whether that's a long intro or a short intro, you're making them excited about the work that they're going to do. Always engaging then carries over into the skill and strength and workout portions of the class, making sure that you're giving everybody something that day, that you're making sure you're making contact with the members at least one time with everybody. And you're always moving around the room. You're not just a static thing. You're actively coaching. Can and I be on my phone? No, God, no, <laughs> man. That, yeah, that's a great question. Like, um, if you're doing anything aside from coaching athletes, engaging with athletes while you're coaching, you're not coaching. Right. I mean, by, by definition, you're not. So if you're walking around with a PVC pipe in your hand, if you got a cup of coffee in your hand, if you're eating, if you're on your phone, those are like the super, super... Um, bad, bad ones. There's no excuses for that. You're not coaching. And there's little manifestations of this too. If you have your hands in your pockets, if you have your hands behind your back, if you're, you know, talking to a coach out of the side of your mouth while the class is doing the workout, 
you're not coaching during those time periods. You have to find out ways to minimize those distractions and be all in when you're on the fucking floor. And I get really fired up about this because some people might look and go, hey, it's not a big deal that I have my cup of coffee in my hand at 5 a.m. Yeah, it's a big deal. The members aren't paying you to drink your coffee when you're on the floor. They're paying you to be coached by you. To be engaged. Yeah, and, for sure. I, I, and you I, can have your coffee. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You can have your coffee over on the side and go take a sip in between when you're like after your intro and all that kind of good stuff. But don't be walking around with it in your hand. Right. And it just shows a sense of you're not all in right then and right there. And I think, uh, you know, for anybody listening right now, if you're a coach out there or an owner and you're listening to us and you're like, yeah, that makes total sense then it should, right? But if you're listening out there and you're like, eh, I don't know about the, then then maybe your passion isn't aligning with the the what you're putting out on the floor. Yeah, I mean, or you, like, you know what I mean? Because if you don't care enough to be engaged for that hour, right? Then that's that's challenging for me because I mean, I was at, I visited, I, I visit a lot of gyms yeah. and I see a lot of coaches who just don't seem as engaged. And the problem is, is that if they're not happy with what they're doing, then it's not good for anybody involved, including yeah. them, you know? Yeah. If you're offended that we're saying you shouldn't have your coffee in your hand or you shouldn't have your hands in your pockets or you shouldn't walk with, around with a PVC pipe in your hand, that, maybe you got to look in the mirror at your coaching style and, and you got to take a hard look at whether or not that that's actually the representation that you want to have of yourself while you're coaching. Yeah, the you biggest know, one is the cell phone. Yeah, yeah I, I have no... I would be hard-pressed for anybody to convince me otherwise that you can be on your phone or eating during class and still coach or leave the room. <laughs> I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so don't leave the room. Yeah, Don't leave the room. So, okay. Don't so you come in, uh, you know, gym owners, if you're listening front desk experience, boom, hit them with the, the smiles, smiles and high fives. high fives. Got it. Yep. Class starts intro. Don't go long. Don't go too short. Hit the, hit the nail on the head with good information yep. and know your audience. Yeah. Have Critical. the awareness, have the awareness. Boom. Class starts. Yep. You are on the clock and they're, they are there for your service. Yes. Just like a masseuse, when you lay on that table, you better hope that person's doing their job. They want you to be doing your job. Yep. So now you're engaging, right? Yep. That's number two. What's number three? Number three is uh, loud and fun. And, you know, uh, this is something to me that sets the mood for the workout. And we want the, the music to reflect the type of experience that you want to have. And, you know, I, I've had debates with people about whether or not there's cer certain types of music that you must play and all this kind of stuff. Whatever you're choosing to play, it's got to be loud and it's got to be fun. Not so loud yeah. that it's distracting. Relatively and, loud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're not able to coach. And it's got to be a type of music that inspires people to do work. And I've seen a lot of coaches out there be very successful um, coaching classes where, you know, they're playing country music or they're playing classic music or classic rock and all that kind of stuff. And you can be for sure. But more often than not, if if you want to appeal to a very broad base, you got to be playing something that most of the people most of the time are going to get fired up about. Yeah. And it can't be some sort of thing on the end of the spectrum. It can't be, you know, super slow classical music. And it can't be death, death metal, metal. Yeah. you know, bleeding out your ears over here. And, you know, for me, it's it's an important way that you set the mood and you set the experience. And music moves people. It literally does. And it's something that's really critical to ensuring that the experience is fun. So when you say loud and live, like you're talking, again, loud being relative. Yeah. But also you're you're utilizing your voice inflection is another component, right? That as as you are commanding the room, you're you're being 
live. Like yes. you are bringing the passion, you're bringing the excitement because yeah. they're ultimately feeding off your energy yeah. too, right? So yeah, it's this, not just the music. Yeah, it doesn't just play into the music. It plays into the overall experience that, you know, you are using your presence, your body, your attitude to create an experience for the members. And and music and, and other things like that play into that for sure. Um, the two most important things in my opinion are how you use your voice and your, pre- your physical presence and then how you use music to create an experience turning it up, turning it down. Yes. Um, so for us, we've used, um, Apple watches and also like those, um, like mini iPads yep. that we have connected to Sonos yep. and that works pretty well for us to yep. turn up and down the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, if you have a coach out there and they're having a hard time kind of bringing this loud and live mm. or, or so if you're having a hard time with the engagement factor, that's pretty tough to, to work on. Like you yeah. should have the desire to be engaging, but if you have a coach who just can't quite figure out this loud and live thing, this kind of like, bringing the excitement and yeah. the energy, what type of things can they be thinking about if they know they have problems with that? That's, that's tough. I mean, um, you know, some of the hardest stuff that you'll work on as a, as a coaching development officer, or as a head coach, or as an owner are trying to change, um, like personality traits of your coaches, um, because it's so deeply ingrained in who they are. And, you know, you can teach anybody how to teach and correct the air squat or how to work on their demonstration for the muscle up transition. Like that's just studying and practice and repetition. And in some senses, developing your personality is the same. Yeah. But you don't you don't have as many like swings of the bat with that. You know, <laughs> like you can't go out there consistently for weeks in a row and deliver a subpar performance because you're not bringing the energy. You know, at, I think clients understand that you you will progress over time with your skills and you'll become a better trainer. You'll teach, see, and correct better. And some of those things, might, they might not even notice. You know, it's a little bit more subtle. But if you're not walking onto the floor with positive uh, energy and a great attitude and you're not there having fun and you can't turn your personality up to be the bigger version of you when you take the floor, that's really tough to get over. And I'm not saying it's impossible because we've worked with trainers who, who have gone through that and it's a struggle sometimes. Um, but whatever your personality is, you need to be able to magnify it and be a bigger version of yourself. Right. Yes. And if you're a jerk, don't, don't magnify it. <laughs> you bring it back down. But, I, you know, I, so now you're, you're number, that's number three, right? Yep. And so now, you know, look, you're floating through the class. You already had your intro, warm-ups going on. Obviously, there's skill work that comes into play, different types of stuff, seeing and correcting, of course. I mean, yes. this all goes back to engaging. So we're talking broad strokes here, though. Yeah. If you're a gym owner, we should expect that our coaches are, you know, high fives, greeting people, engaging people, loud, having, or, you know, having fun, being, you know, engaging. Mm-hmm. And now what's that fourth piece? The the fourth piece here is is how the the experience ends and how it wraps up and uh, I I wrote down ending on a high note here and for me it's really important that the fitness experience comes to a definite end and there's a transition and you, uh, we talked about this earlier you got to end on time you got to be on top of your timeline um, and that's really important to to the ending but it's also important that you create some sort of end that whether or not that's Hey guys, everybody gather on up. You did an amazing job today. High fives all around. You give everybody a high five. I want to thank you guys all for being here today with me. You could have been anywhere in the world. I want you to go out there and have a great rest of your Friday. And that type of quick closing gives the class that sense of accomplishment. It gives them that natural end to an experience. 
if you just let them go off into no man's it land, it's weird. Oh, right? it's super weird, man. Yeah. It's super weird. And then you have people wondering, you know, hey, is class over? What do I do now? I'm not saying your endings always have to be a ritual. And there was one one time when I tried to do that almost at the end of every class, and it gets to be too much, and you make that mistake and you correct back. But you definitely have to have a definite ending and transition. And without it, it feels like Christmas morning, you wake up, you see the present that you wanted on the floor, but your parents hadn't cared to wrap it. It's just there. Right. There's nothing. There's nothing. It's just right there. Yeah, right. It didn't, it didn't. It didn't finish up. Yeah. A, a couple of things that I use when I'm doing obviously big groups. I like to finish out just a nice quick double clap or triple clap. It's a nice way in the big group setting, yeah. and they're one offs, yeah. right? Uh, you know, but on an individual class by class basis, if you always do this double clap or always do a triple clap, it just get monotonous. Yeah. Or if you always huddled people up and always said the same thing, it gets monotonous. Uh, and so I think as a coach try and find different ways to do it. But yes. ultimately what you're trying to do is like one of the things I did on a class the other day, I brought everybody in. I was like, Hey guys, I just want to let you know, Hey John, really appreciated what you did today. Here's something I want you to work on. Hey Sally, this is what I saw from you today. Da, 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 da. Yep. And I just gave each one, it was a smaller class and then boom, get on your day. That's just an example. But to your point, you have a start and you have a finish. Yes. And AMRAPs and EMOMs are definitely easier to keep that going. When it's a four-time workout, you know, that's a little bit tougher. You got to be on top of your coach, shit. As a coach, that's what you got to, you know, be on top of it to make yep. sure you're hitting the timeline. So, you know, to kind of like summarize the NC Fit experience and what we're looking for out of our coaches, I think we've hit on a few items. Yep. Would you say like holistically, obviously we're trying to provide the greatest service we possibly can. Yep. Is there any other things that you think, you know, gym owners should be thinking about when they're thinking through this process? Or even coaches, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I think the ones that we laid out are, are, are certainly valuable for us. And, you know, we want to make sure these are happening as consistently as possible across all of our locations and our, and our coaches and our managers and everybody understands why behind it. Explaining the why behind these things becomes really, really important. And it doesn't just go for the immediate conversation that we're having right now. No matter what you're trying to do in your gym, whether you want to launch a new program, a new class, you're starting some new programming, you know, you're bringing on a new coach, you're changing a workout time, whatever. Sitting down your staff and explaining to them the why behind these things will get them much more bought into what you're trying to do and allow them to ask the questions that they have in that environment versus you just springing it on them and saying, hey, these are the new rules. I want you to go out and do it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's a really critical component. And I know that, you know, in the past, you know, we, we've had some transitions where we haven't done the best and we've learned from them and we've made corrections. And now this is something that we do very often is we are very on top of our communication with our teams. So communicate effectively, let them know why we're doing what we're doing. And yeah. I think, you know, in, in future episodes, I want to dive even more and more into this. Um, you know, you know, Matt, as, a, as an experience for the NC Fit, I think we're, we're trending in the right direction. Yeah. We've been working on this for a long time, getting coach buy-in and giving them the tools. Um, obviously, we use the NC Fit Collective. I would, I would be doing a disservice to gym owners if I didn't at least mention that I believe we are putting out the best session plans and programming on the market. Yeah. We have a team of, what, six people that work with you to put this out? Yeah, six or seven, yeah. Yeah, between daily videos, all of our different session plans for our three different uh, programs. Yep. Uh, it, you know, if you're out there and you are looking to outsource your programming, we would love the ability to at least have an opportunity for you to check out ours. Yeah, for sure. And one of the other things I was going to mention when you said, hey, what, what should gym owners be thinking about? 
you know, you, you should be thinking about developing your staff and you should be thinking about their growth and their trajectory. And, you know, when you are observing them and you're working with them, these types of things, the intangibles, the experience, how they handle the music, how they handle their intro, whether or not they transition out of a class properly, those come into play when you give your coaches feedback. You know, I think that a lot of times we tend to focus feedback on on just the technical stuff. Yeah, you didn't catch that guy's lower back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's really important. Obviously, you know, we're there to uh, make sure that people are moving as efficiently and safely as possible. And, And we have to be on top of especially gross faults. And you have to be quick to correct them. And you have to use fast, actionable cues. I'm not saying it's not important. But this other side of the equation is really important too that your coaches are delivering an amazing experience every single time. Because, Jay, the honest truth is nobody goes home and goes to their spouse, You, hey, you wouldn't believe what Coach Jason told me to do today to press my knees out during my squat. Nobody gives a shit about that, right? They don't yeah. remember it. Right. But they, they, they how remember they how they feel. feel. Exactly. And, and I think to, to put a bow on this whole conversation, what you have been talking about today is about how you want our coaches to make members feel. Yeah. And the way they, you know, that, that good old saying, no one remembers what you said or what, but they surely remember what you, how they how made they you feel. Yep. And I think that's our goal. Well, Matt, I think, uh, it's been a great conversation. Hell yeah. Always enjoy it. Guys. I just wanted to tell you, keep rising the tides, man. Keep getting after it. Find ways to continue to grow your community. Keep adding value and, um, would really appreciate a rating, a review, or a share of this conversation. If you've liked it and, uh, Just have a great day, huh? Thanks, Jake.